So here we are again. Today our episode for our video podcast is going to be about old-fashioned subjects like etiquette, listening skills, and things like that for a cocktail party. And so I bet you can't guess what we're going to be making. An old-fashioned cocktail. How about that? So let's get going. Let's do it. What's in an old-fashioned, and why is it called an old-fashioned? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, it's really called an old-fashioned because it's, it's a cocktail in its purest form. Oh. And it is spirits, mm -hmm. sugar, mm -hmm. water, and bitters. Okay. And uh, for the reason why it's called an old-fashioned is that uh, a lot of people, you know, there's different ways. It's pretty much a whiskey cocktail, whiskey being the spirit. Okay. And there's different ways of making a whiskey cocktail. So some people would actually go, you know, I want an old-fashioned whiskey cocktail. Oh, like how about the old-fashioned way? They want it the old-fashioned way, this okay. to its purest form. And okay. so it kind of shortened its way to being called just the old-fashioned. Well, that makes sense. I see here that you've got the, um, the ice, that would be the water, and then the spirit and the bitters. And so is this sugar? What's the deal with that? This is the sugar. Okay. Uh, it, a, a great way of, of doing it is to use sugar cubes and then put a little water and model it mm -hmm. down and you pretty much end up in a quick form of mm -hmm. simple syrup. Okay. Uh, you model it with the bitters and things in it. In uh -huh. it. Uh, for time purposes, especially for the time that I have here, mm -hmm. we're going with a simple syrup. So the sugar and the water have already been diluted. So I, it cuts out the muddling okay. of crushing the sugar. I just need to stir it. Oh, I see what you're saying, because it would still stay pretty granular or whatever, so it makes it more smooth. Yes, but how fast I'm going to be making the drink here. This is a drink that you can take five minutes to make properly. Okay. So okay. we're going to do it quickly here, and so I'm going to shorten it by uh, cutting out the muddling. Well, you know, I'll tell you something. You know, I'll order an old-fashioned, and it's really hard to get a good one, and I don't understand why. Can you explain that? Well, that's another good question. <laughs> you know, I, I almost really think that... It's a very small drink because it's yeah. something you want to sip. Okay. And it almost seems like bartenders uh, believe when they fill a glass halfway uh -huh. that uh, they're like, oh, I want to give half a drink to somebody and they're not going to like it. So they always seem to reach out and pull out the club soda Absolutely. to fill the glass at the top. This, no. Okay. <laughs> Don't use club soda. Uh, even though club soda is effervescent, yeah. it makes the drink flat. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to yeah. kill the flavor. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sort of tastes like muddy. Muddy water. Muddy water. <laughs> muddy water. Muddy water. <laughs> Looks like it too. Yeah, it's. I, I totally hear you with that. So, um, you and I were talking about you make uh, old fashioned in a certain way. So, what are you going to do today to make this? Okay, so today uh, I like to always try to follow the proper way of making any drink. You know, the, the classical Absolutely. way to it. But every now and then, a variation does come along mm -hmm. that I find really enhances the drink. So I am doing it a variation okay. today, and the variation is going to be orange. Okay. We're going to add orange essence to it. Okay. So we're pretty much going to add a small amount of sugar uh, syrup. Of sugar syrup. Uh, the recipe will be shown later. Okay. And uh, I know this glass, so I kind of know exactly how much okay. to use to make it. Some people like it sweeter, some people like it not so sweet. And that's Angostura bitter. So we add a, a nice amount of Angostura bitters, and I like to add one little cube. Okay. And I'm just to kind of get that 
chilling down and make sure the simple syrup and the bitters mix up properly. Okay. I'm going to be doing this a little faster than I probably would do normally. Okay. For the time constraints. And for the variation, we are going to be adding an orange peel. Now, you know, on that other podcast, we actually did that flaming orange thing. Could you do that for this? Would that be something you could do as a, as a taste thing, or would you not do that? Uh, I probably wouldn't use it for this. I, I, I'm trying to stick to the classic Purist. as much yep. as possible, yep. even though I am doing the orange variation. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the original recipe was just bourbon, sugar, mm -hmm. a little bit of water, mm -hmm. bitters, and it was garnished with a lemon peel. Oh, lemon. Okay, okay. What about, you know, people sometimes will crush down like cherries and fruit salad in the bottom of that. I, is that, that, so that's not the, classic. The fruit, the fruit salad method. The fruit salad method, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that goes back to where I think that they're just trying to add uh, flavor. flavor since they killed it with the club soda. With the club soda. Yeah, okay. the club soda, bad. Yeah, okay, very, very bad. Bad, very bad. So this right. is the bourbon. So yes, so I'm going to fill up the correct amount of bourbon. You can see okay. it's only filling up about half of I see what you're saying. I see exactly the glass and yep. some places you're going to think, oh man, you know, I need to fill that up to the top. But this is really going to be just about as high as it's going to go and the ice is going to melt a little bit. Perfect. Uh, for this glass, especially this glass shape, I like the spoon that has a little ball at the end. It oh, yeah. works better than actually spoon. Around. And that's making it colder and colder is what you're doing and yes, getting some of the water into it. And it's getting the correct amount of dilution. Okay. And the big thing here is that, uh, uh, what I didn't mention is with the orange peel, I was squeezing it to, to get all the essence out and then it goes that. into the drink so that uh, it's amazing exactly how much orange flavor you're going to get out of that peel. Awesome. So just a little bit more ice here. Okay. And well that is pretty much it. You could garnish it with a cherry. I don't have any problem with mm -hmm. garnishing with a cherry. Again, my biggest problem is crushing it and turning it into a mangled mess at the bottom of the glass. I don't awesome. care for that. Well, that's perfect. There you go. All set. So today we're going to talk about etiquette. Tim, do you know where the word etiquette comes from? I have no idea. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't know where it really came from uh, until fairly recently. My husband and I were in an airplane, and somebody before us was wearing one of those neck pillows, mm -hmm. and I read it in French and in English, and the word, it said, do not take this label off, and the word label is etiquette in French, and so etiquette means label. It comes from the word to stick, and so that's one of the things that I like to say to my coaching clients is that your etiquette really sticks with you. And so people will often say, well, nobody's looking. What does it matter if I'm pushing my peas on with my knife? And what if I swear every other word or, you know, something like that. But the problem is, is as I talked about in my book, that etiquette can kind of sneak out. I remember that. It was something about, uh, you want a prize. Yep. You said to your boss's boss, like, shut the front door. <laughs> shut yeah, the front door. Yeah, not so good. No, and that's not what I said. And that's when I myself really learned you must not swear in your private life if you don't want it to creep out in your public life. It was very bad. And also all those sorts of things. It really makes for you having a nicer private life anyway. So your etiquette really labels you and sticks with you. So I know that there are etiquette classes out there you can take. Sure. What's the quick and dirty Bond girl way to, to make sure you present yourself well at, say, a cocktail party? You know, I think that women often worry about their hair and their makeup and their dress and their bling and their things when honestly they should be worrying about 
what they're looking at, their eyes, really listening, being soft, and how they present themselves literally as a person. What I tell my clients is that they really need to make sure that they have direct eye contact with someone that they're talking with. Mm -hmm. And if they know somebody's name, they want to use that name every now and again because that'll remind the person that they really are there for them, that they want their opinions. It's Tim. It's not just somebody who I'm waiting to, you know, speak and tell you my opinion. Mm -hmm. I really want your opinion. And the thing is, too, is that often a lot of people, you know what, we all have bad days. And the thing that I will also make sure that people remember is that you run your life. Your life doesn't run you. And, you know, everybody's talking about the law of attraction these days. You're going to attract more of a bad day to you. If you come in and you're just waiting for somebody to say, oh, what's wrong with you? That's manipulative. You want to come in, you want people to say, what's right with you? You want to make sure that people are really attracted to you and to listen. Shut up and really make sure that you listen because listening skills are the most important thing that a woman can ever have and I think it's been a lost art. So you mentioned listening. What kind of listening skills can you give to those people who are either really shy or, or those that just never seem to shut the front door up? <laughs> Your etiquette is <laughs> Do very well. We don't have to bleep anything out. Well, the first thing is to be on the same level as someone. And it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm very tall. And so I try to sit on the edge of a chair or something like that because either you wind up slumping or the other person winds up sort of craning their neck. So you always want to be about the same level. You're all slumping a little. And then the other thing, especially when women are talking with men, they really don't want to interrupt. A lot of times, People, well, men think linearly and women actually can have more things in their brain at the same time, whereas men are much more linear. So if you interrupt a man, often he will get derailed and he, he's telling a story and the good part is at the end. The problem is, is that if a woman interrupts, he won't actually get to the good part. And so um, what a woman really needs to do is to cultivate things like, and, and then what happened? Or, oh, okay, and then just wait. Because the guy will cue you when he's gotten to the good part, and he will talk back to you. It's incredibly, incredibly important to speak in that linear fashion. Now, when a man actually um, interrupts someone else to share his experience, which women do all the time. When women talk, they think that they're sharing. What that does is derail a guy. When a guy does that with another guy, it's a one-upsmanship tactic. Men don't do that in friendly conversation. If they do it, they're actually trying to sort of jostle in the dog pack or they'll do it in a business situation. So interruption for a man actually is something where you're trying to one-up that person. For a woman, it's something where you're trying to show a shared experience. So that's something that women really have to understand is the fact that men do listen in this linear fashion and you just must not share and use their um, story as a springboard for your own story because you will never get to the good part if you're speaking with a man that way. Hmm. There's pages and books and podcasts on etiquette, but I think we're letting our ice melt into our cocktails, so I think that it's probably time to talk a little bit about cocktails. The last thing that I was going to say is that it's really great for a Bond girl to have a signature cocktail instead of you know saying, oh, I'll just have a glass of Chardonnay. But there's such a balance where you have to have a cocktail that you like and hopefully one that you can just sip. So something with whiskey in it, you know, something that's a little bit more difficult to drink than your typical sweet drink that you go out with the girls for mm -hmm. is a great drink. But you also don't want to be too high maintenance about it. So 
how would you say you can order get what you want without seeing like food development? That's a, that's a really good question. And, and I think the thing is too, is that, um, you and I both love cocktails and you know, you talk on your podcast a lot about how to get a cocktail the way that you want it. Well, it's, it's all well and good. If you want a Manhattan to say, I'd like a maker's mark Manhattan. So that means you would like it made with maker's mark bourbon and you're going to have a Manhattan. You might even say, I want a wet martini, which means that you want some vermouth in there or a dry martini. You don't want any vermouth. But unfortunately, I'll often see people order things saying, I want a four to one martini and I want it shaken for 12 seconds. And then I want you to pour the drink over the olives because I want, you know, blah, blah, blah. That is high maintenance. And the more high maintenance you are, the, the less intriguing you are. You want to be happy. You want to have a cocktail that's kind of interesting and a signature, but you want to make sure that you're not too much of a pain in the neck. And so when it comes to those signature cocktails, I personally think that the old-fashioned cocktails are really the way to go for a Bond girl. So what would you suggest as sort of what I would call an old-fashioned type cocktail? Well, the easy thing to order if you go along the lines of uh, an old-fashioned right. or the martini yep. or Manhattan or even a sour. Sour, so, you know, if, if you don't like the stronger flavors, mm -hmm. you go with a sour. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it, is that if you want these frou-frou, daiquiri type drinks that are really easy to drink, Leave that for your girlfriends. But if you're going to be going out to a cocktail party, it's going to be sort of a more high class. I think something just like an old-fashioned, even a glass of champagne, mm -hmm. is a lot more mysterious, and it's something where you yourself can really reflect that inner Bond girl. Fantastic. Awesome. Excellent. Ching. Ching. <laughs>